Thank you, everybody, for watching I-80 Sports. My name is Brian, he's Tom, and today we're talking award winners as well as conference final predictions. Thank you, everybody, for watching I-80 Sports. Make sure you follow us on our website at i80sports.com, at our Twitter at i80sports underscore sports NHL, and on Facebook on the i80 Sports Discussion Group. And you can catch us every Monday night at any time you want, on demand on YouTube. Tom, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, doing well. We are um, we have two 3-1 leads in these uh, conference finals. Um, whether they were predicted or not, um, it's been a little interesting. I will admit that. Yes, it has. And certainly one of my predictions is not going the way it currently is, but we'll certainly get to that in a bit. But for right now, we're actually going to steer in a different direction. We're going to talk a little bit about the current award winners right now in the NHL and what's left to come in terms of awards to wrap up the 2019-2020 season. So we're going to go through some of these awards and we're going to talk a little bit, maybe touch on a few players and maybe make some interesting notes. But just to recap in terms of the trophies that have come out so far, we have the Lady Bang Trophy, which is awarded to the player who best exemplifies the best sportsmanship and excellence in the game of hockey. And that was awarded to uh, Colorado Avalanche forward Nathan McKinnon. We have the Art Ross Trophy, which is awarded to the player who scores the most points at the end of a regular season. That was awarded to Leon Dreisaitl of Edmonton with 110 points. And the fun thing to keep in mind there, he played under 70 games and scored 110 points. That is quite notable. We have the Frank Selkie Trophy, which is for the best defensive forward. That was awarded to Sean Couturier of the Philadelphia Flyers. We also have the Maurice Richard Trophy for the most goals in a regular season. That was a tie between Alex Ovechkin of Washington and David Pasternak of Boston, both scoring 48 goals. We also have the Bill Masterton Trophy, which is the Perseverance Award in the NHL. That this year was awarded to Bobby Ryan of the Ottawa Senators. We have the King Clancy Trophy Award, which is uh, awarded to leadership on and off the ice, and that is voted on by individual teams. That was awarded to Matt Dumba of, Minnesota, of the Minnesota Wild. Then we also have the Jack Adams Award Trophy, which is awarded to the Coach of the Year, which was awarded to Bruce Cass of the President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins, the Jim Gregory Award, which is awarded to the GM of the year, awarded to Lou Lamarillo of the New York Islanders, was really reshaped this team. And fun fact, the only team currently left from the play-in round that is currently in the conference final. Uh, the Mark Messier Award, which is the Leadership Award, that was awarded to Mark Giordano of the Calgary Flames. And finally, the William Jennings Trophy awarded to the goalie with the fewest goals against average, which was awarded in a tie to both Tuka Rask and Yaroslav Halak of the Boston Bruins. What are some things of note? I know I just said a lot of things there. Um, what are some things of note to you know keep track of, uh, Tom? I mean, to um, some things of note to keep track of here. I guess, I mean... A lot of these were well deserved, you know. Were, were well deserved. There's two that do stick out that um that are maybe setting off a couple red flags in my heads, and it's actually two awards that don't involve guys on the ice. It involves guys behind the bench or guys up in a press box. Um, 
that Jack Adams award to Bruce Cassidy, I I don't think that was a good that was a good good award for him to win. I mean, listen, they won the President's Trophy, but they were in Game Seven of the Finals last year. After Tampa went down in the playoffs this year, they were everybody's prediction to win the cup. I mean, a lot of people had them crashing and burning this year. Why I have no idea. You know, they came back. They came back with basically on fire. And you know, they they you know they did flame out in playoffs a little bit. But you know, to be honest with you, I I don't think Bruce Cassidy was well deserving of that award. The other two candidates were between Tortorella and Vino. And I mean, Tortorella did a good job because he lost his three best players out there in Columbus and Panera and Shane and Bobrovsky. And he still got that team into the playoffs and he won them a playing round. But honestly, if it were up to me, I would have given this award to Elaine Vino. He turned the Flyers around. The Flyers were not a playoff team last year. They were kind of teetering the last few years. They were before the pandemic, were the second best team in the East on points. And then after the pandemic, obviously, we had um, the abbreviated playoffs this year, the amalgamated playoffs, rather. And, you know, he led them to the first seed in the uh, in the East. Almost came back from a 3-1 deficit against the Islanders. But I really do think that should have been Elaine Vino's award. I'm sorry. As well as Bruce Cassidy has done in Boston in turning that team around. I just don't see what they did or what he did this year to make him deserve that award. I tend to agree, especially because, I mean, it's my belief that unless you have a team like – a few years ago with the Tampa Bay Lightning that was the President's Trophy winner and did it in such magnificent fashion that the coach that is from the President's Trophy winning team, the President's Trophy, for those who don't who might not know, is the trophy awarded to the winningest the winning winningest team of the regular season. Apparently I can't speak today. Um but my firm belief is that that particular award the jack adams trophy should go to a coach that really worked the hardest to put their team into the playoffs and tom you actually hit it perfectly with elaine vigno i mean you have a talented team in philadelphia but a lot of that is because of coaching scheme they don't have the most talented defense their bottom six did struggle up until the trade deadline until they made some key moves and a lot of that can be brought on from elaine Vigno from recommendation and especially i agree with you in turn i'm not a big uh tortorella fan at all in terms of his coaching and his style of coaching um but the columbus blue jackets were not uh predicted to be anywhere close to a playoff team this year at the beginning of the season they were predicted to be one of the bottom teams in the metropolitan division and lo and behold the columbus blue jackets surprised everybody and you know actually made something out of that season and made their way out of the qualifier they ripped up toronto and they actually did hold their own against tampa for up until they got eliminated so yeah, I I agree. Bruce Cassidy probably should not have been the one to get this award. Another uh, particular person I want to single out on this particular awards list is the Art Ross winner, Leon Dreisaitl, who 110 points in under 70 games. I mean, that is a number that we haven't seen that type of production in a while. Tom, what do you think? You know what? I think uh, that definitely is something that we have not seen in a while. I'm just trying to pull his stats up here because I want to see if I can just uh, see if I can average him out. But that's obviously not it's obviously not working for me at this point. But, yeah, definitely well-deserved by him. Um, unfortunately, the Oilers couldn't really go much farther in the playoffs. 
But um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that one. That is 110 points in 71 games. That's not something we've seen in a long time. Um, it was well deserved by him. They play him anywhere. They play him with McDavid. They play him as a second line center. Um, and I guess something to um, I guess something to make note of here is that Drysital is um, I guess it's a little bit of an outlier here. Where Drysital is from Germany and. Germany is a good hockey country. You've seen guys come over to the NHL to play from Germany. But a lot of times those guys turn into be third liners or turn into be like a middle defenseman. Like I was having a conversation with somebody the other day about German hockey players. And really before Dreisaitl came along, I mean, who were the, most, the two most famous German hockey players? Marco Sturm and maybe Juve Krupp. And not to take anything away from those guys, Juve Krupp scored that game-winning goal in the 96 finals. And Marco Sturm was a hell of a center himself. He was a hell of a reliable player. But it, the fact that a German hockey player is getting it done is getting it done like that is uh, is just something that I think is really cool. Now I'm looking here. He had 110 and 71 games. So yeah, hold on. Yeah, 82. Forget it. I'm trying to do this stupid calculation. I ain't working. Um, but yeah, he definitely is deserving of that award. Um, and the fact, like I said, the fact that it was done. I'm sorry, I keep repeating myself. That it was done by a German player is really really awesome. He definitely tore it up this year. Um, and it's well-deserved, and I think he'll keep at it as well. And with that German kid, Tim Stutzel, coming to the league, I think you're going to see an influx of a lot of German players coming into this league now. Yeah, I think it definitely has opened the floodgates on the German market for players and really starting to bring that popularity. And certainly if Tim Stutzla turns out to be the prospect that he's showing to be, it really will help popularize the sport a lot more in Germany, which could be huge for the NHL in terms of more influx of talent. Um, for those who may not know, Tim Stutzla is slated to be in the top three of this upcoming 2020 NHL draft. And we'll certainly be giving coverage uh, for that when that rolls around. We have plenty of stuff planned for that. Um, so some trophies left to be announced are the Calder Trophy, which is awarded to the NHL's best rookie, as well as uh, the Hart Trophy, which is the league's MVP, the Norris Trophy, which is for the league's best defenseman, the Vezina Trophy, awarded to the league's best goalie, and the Ted Lindsay Trophy, which is awarded to the MVP as awarded by the players. Um, Tom, any particular award out here that jumps out to you of somebody who is obvious, like it feels obvious that they should win this award or any particular names to look out for going forward? I would say with the Calder Trophy, I would say definitely look. I mean, I said it. they said it was close to a year, but I do think at the end of the day, Quinn Hughes is going to wind up taking that home. He had a great season for Vancouver, and you know he was a he was a rock on that blue line for them in these playoffs. And like I said, I know I've sung Vancouver's praises in previous episodes, but, I mean, he really has been as advertised for them. And, you know, he completely deserves that call the trophy. I completely agree. And it's funny because me being a Devils fan, as you could so obviously tell, um, we made predictions early on at before the season that, oh, maybe Jack Hughes could win the Calder Trophy. But it actually went the other way to his older brother, to, uh, to Quinn Hughes, who looks like he is going to be uh, the potential – Calder Trophy winner. Uh, and then one name to possibly look out for the Hart Trophy uh, is Nathan McKinnon, who really, really put Colorado up into the stratosphere in this particular playoffs. And it was a shame that the Colorado Avalanche 
ended up getting knocked out so early on as we felt because we definitely pegged Colorado to be a conference final team, maybe even a Stanley Cup team this year. But Nathan McKinnon was one of the main reasons why for that as well. As great as Leon Dreisaitl was, you know, being the Art, Tro- Art Ross Trophy winner, um, Nathan McKinnon's impact was much more felt on a team like the Colorado Avalanche. Tom, do you agree? Uh, agree a hundred percent. I was going to make a Artemi Panarin plug in there just because I'm a Ranger fan and I just don't <laughs> want anyone to forget about the greatness of Artemi Panarin. He's had a career year, but definitely, I remember I was uh, just in my head. I was thinking when these playing rounds started, I said, you know what, this trophy is going to be decided about who does what in these playoffs, who goes the farthest. And I mean, and Panarin, Panarin was okay for the Rangers. I mean, two points in three games. It's a three-game sweep. He had a goal and a helper. You know, Dreisaitl had um, – that series against Chicago was nuts, and Dreisaitl had his moments out there too. But, you know, what McKinnon did, I think, uh, you know, pulled him far and away from the other two, far and away from the competition. It is a shame that Colorado couldn't have gotten farther. I would have liked to have seen – I would actually have liked to have seen a Colorado-Vancouver-Western Conference final. I think because those are the um, – I think those are going to be the two uh, top dogs in the West for years to come. But definitely what McKinnon did this season and what McKinnon did these playoffs, he is completely deserving of that award. Completely agreed. And we will certainly be giving you more coverage on awards as they keep coming out. The remaining trophies are slated to come out during the Stanley Cup final, which we will certainly be getting ready for. And speaking of the Stanley Cup final, segues are awesome. We are moving on to the conference finals, which to recap, as we mentioned earlier in the video, Tampa Bay is currently up 3-1 to one on the New York Islanders in the Eastern Conference Final. And the Dallas Stars are currently up 3-1 to one on the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals. Tom, any surprises here for you? Um, You know what? Actually, um, with the Eastern Conference Final, I am a little surprised. I know I had said a week ago that this series was not going to be easy for Tampa, that the Islanders were going to put a scare into them. That pretty much, you know, Tampa was going to be sitting there scratching their heads at some point this year saying, what are we doing? We got to get it going. We got to get it going. And it really hasn't happened. Now, game one, it was an 8-2 victory. But I kind of discount that game because the Islanders were, I feel like they were a little jet like They had just gotten to Edmonton maybe the previous day and then had to go out and play a game while Tampa had been resting. But, I mean, what really stuck out for me was game two. And game three in a way, too, if you really think about it. But it's just Tampa has no quitting this year. They can play any style of hockey they want to play. They, If you want to play them anyway, they'll play it. You want to play a wide open style? You saw what they did in game one. You want to play that tight check in style in game two, like the Islanders' favor? They can play it. As you saw, the Islanders kind of had them in game two. They went up one nothing early. They tied it, and Tampa just didn't quit. Tampa just didn't quit. The Islanders were playing for overtime in that game, and Tampa didn't quit. They won that game. What I mean, I think there were eight seconds left, but forgive me if I'm wrong here. And then in game three, even though it was an Islander win, It feels like every time these playoffs, the Islanders have gone up by two or three goals. They've just shut the door on teams, and Tampa just did. Tampa came back and tied that game. Obviously, the Islanders won it, but um, what I'm seeing out of Tampa is surprising the hell out of me. They really are. The fact that they have the Islanders in an elimination situation this early in this series is really surprising. I thought this was going to be a seven-game nail-biter, and I thought this was going to be for Tampa that some of these guys were going to be doing gut checks around this time in this series whether it be game four or game five, we're going to be doing gut checks and saying, okay, guys, what are we doing here? What kind of team are we? But it hasn't been. They've been the dominant team in this series. They really have. Yeah, I tend to agree. I thought that this was going to be a much closer series, when, especially when we're talking about the Eastern Conference Final between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. I did really think it was going to be a little bit closer, but don't count out the New York Islanders just yet because 
they have probably the unsung hero of their team, Brock Nelson, that is playing on all cylinders right now. He looks like one of the best centers in the entire league right now. He's a guy who just cannot miss the net right now and is doing wonderful things passing to his teammates and spreading the wealth around to guys like Josh Bailey and Anthony Bavillier. But what's also surprising is how chippy the Tampa Bay Lightning got in that game three. That was one thing that kind of stuck out to me, that once they got down, once they were down in that game, they were relentless in terms of just trying to agitate the New York Islanders. They did everything they could to just try to agitate and agitate and agitate. And, you know, kudos to the Islanders. They really didn't show any kind of wear and tear from that. They didn't, you know, take dumb penalties because of that. And, you know, at the very end of the game, Barry Trotz sent out Matt Martin to finish the job on Barclay Goudreau, and it was a, just a very fun game to watch, and that's actually something that I anticipate again in uh, the next matchup, Game 5 against uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. But now we're going to move on to the Western Conference Final, where my prediction of Vegas is currently... It's not looking too good right now. Dallas is currently up 3-1 to one on the Vegas Golden Knights, and Jamie Benn has figured out how to play hockey again, it looks like, over in Dallas. He has been one of the guys who has been the driving force for the Dallas Stars in this series. Miro Heiskanen has not let up as well, get, getting a few points in this series as well. But just overall strong play from Dallas. Now, Tom, do you feel like this is more so strong play from Dallas, or do you think that this is a collapse on the Vegas Golden Knights? I do think it's a little more strong play from Dallas. I just think that um, uh, what Dallas is doing, and it's something I had said last week, Dallas is playing a very structured game, and they have the experience out there as well. And it's not to take away from Vegas. Vegas has some experience too, but they have a lot of Dallas, a lot of veterans in the line. And really, they've just, the way they play, they play kind of a suffocating style, and they're not letting Vegas play their game. The only really, the only time I really did see Vegas play their game was game two when they were basically wide open hockey, moving the puck very well. But every game since then, they've kind of, Dallas has kind of just, you know, kept the game tight, has held them to low scoring affairs. And that's the game Vegas, Vegas doesn't like to play like that. They like high scoring. They like wide open hockey. And pretty much Dallas, you know, they have the star, the Dallas stars have the stars. I know that sounds really corny, but, um, uh, you know, they have guys like Jamie Benn, Joe Pavelski, Alexander Rattelow. I mean, Corey Perry is not as big of a star as he once was, uh, but still, you know, but they're just they just they're just playing that play that playoff hockey defense first system that's pretty much taking away Vegas's opportunities to play that wide open style they like to play. Yeah, and, and no, go on. Sorry. No, and I'm just saying I don't think Vegas is choking. I just think Dallas is controlling the game out there. I don't think Vegas is choking at all. Dallas just has their number right now, I think. Yeah, I also tend to agree. I mean, Vegas was really strong going into this series, and Dallas has really done everything they can to control the puck as much as possible in this series, and it's really led to Dallas really taking over in this series. So it's looking like right now we could be seeing a battle of the South right now between Tampa Bay and Dallas for the Stanley Cup final. Tom, do you think that's your current prediction, or do you have a different prediction? You know what? It was my prediction um, a week ago, and I'm going to stick with it. I am. Um, I do think that Vegas may make it interesting tonight and may force a sixth game. Um, I definitely think that might be the case, but I do think Dallas will take care of business if it does go six. Um, and I just think right now, as good as the Islanders have been, and I've sang their praises, 
I just really think Tampa has them on the ropes right now. And I think Tampa is a team possessed this year. They really are. They really just, like I said, they have that enough's enough mentality. Enough's enough. We've choked enough these last few years. You know, this is our time to get it done. Yeah, I, it's it's tough. I, I agree with you completely on the Tampa Bay side where they finally just said enough's enough. It's now's our time. We're going to go out and we're going to win the Stanley Cup because we deserve it. And we just deserved it last year, but we messed up. On the flip side, this will be my hill to die on on this one. I'm going to still predict Vegas. And the only reason why is because if Vegas can find just the smallest opening, they will take it against Dallas. If they can find the smallest opening possible, they have the best goaltending left in the current uh, Stanley Cup finals as well. Like in the Stanley Cup playoffs, that is. You know, between Robin Lehner and Marc-Andre Fleury, they have two of the strongest goalies left in both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. Vegas can force Game 7. They have played strong hockey before. It can happen again. They could push Dallas to the brink, but they need reaction from what is normally their strongest line, their second line. They need a big response in a big way from Riley Smith, who is who did great early on in this playoff. They need answers from uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. They need a little bit more production from Paul Stastny. And then obviously they need Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone to really crank up the heat on Dallas. Their defense has been solid though. I mean, these have been close. These have not been blowout games. These It's all been close games and close affairs. So the defense really doesn't need to do too much to adjust. They just need to control the puck more so that way they can break out more to their forward, forwards. And if they can do that, they can control the tempo a little bit more. Vegas can swing this very easily. But what's your prediction? You know, chat with us down in the comments below. Tom, anything before we wrap up? Um, I think that's pretty much it on my end. Um, it's going to be interesting now with this uh, Vegas and Dallas series. I do kind of agree with you that I could see it going seven, but I just I think that Dallas is just going to have the. Uh, Horses to close it out. I do think that, but in the back of my mind, I'm also going, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Vegas pushes to seven. Um, but like I said before, Tampa is playing like a team possessed right now. I, and I, I, I hate to repeat myself, but I thought that this was going to be a nail biting series with the Islanders. And Tampa is just, is just showing, it's just showing that they're a team that is built to win any way, any way you want to play. They're built to win in any way you want to play against them. And uh, you know, I'm, really impressed with what I've said of them. Um, it's going to be an interesting rest of the week to see where this does go. And then um, uh, when we do get to the finals, we'll predict what's going to happen then. Yep. And it's going to be fun to predict. Will it be Tampa versus Dallas? Will it be Tampa versus Vegas? Will it be something completely different? Make sure you follow us on our IID Sports YouTube page for all the happenings that's going on every Monday night. Make sure you follow us on IADSports.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at IED Sports underscore Sports NHL, as well as our Facebook group, uh, IED Sports Discussion. I've been Brian. That's been Tom. And this has been the NHL News.